0: Well, welcome to our third season of Knowledge Cast. If you're a regular listener, we're certainly glad to have you back. And if you're a first time listener, we hope that uh, you enjoy today's podcast and will come back and join us again next week. Uh, we got a great list of guests for this fall, and you can read about them by going to JackWWilliams.com and just scroll down to the podcast section. Uh, I've been dealing with a cough here, and I hope that uh, it won't join us as an uninvited guest into the podcast. But if it does, just excuse us. Well, today we've got a, another really interesting guest that I'm sure you're going to enjoy uh, listening to, Bill Gillespie. And Bill is, uh, actually spent over 30 years in the area of strength and conditioning. And he attended Liberty University, where he was a four-time All-American in track and field and played football as well. And But his real passion was strength and conditioning. And after his playing days, he started a, a 30-year journey as a strength and conditioning coach, first at Liberty and then later at University of Washington and with the Seattle Seahawks. But while he was uh, working in his field of passion, Bill continued to personally be engaged big time in uh, weightlifting. And when I say big time, this is what I mean. He holds 133 world records. And in 2022, he once again set a record for the bench press pressing 1,129 pounds. For those of you who think we might have a bad connection or there's a problem with your mobile de- mobile device uh, and didn't hear that correctly, yes, he bench pressed drug free one thousand one hundred and twenty nine pounds. Another note of interest, I might add, he set that record at sixty two years of age. Yep, sixty two. Bill currently represents the equipment company Sarnex and serves as a strength consultant with them, and just travels all over the world uh, meeting with collegiate and professional teams to share his
1: knowledge. So Bill, we're thrilled to have you with us today. Thank you so much. It's a truly an honor and I hope that uh, the words come out clearly that I can honor Christ and what he's done in my life.
0: Well, we're looking forward to hearing it. Well, Let's just get started.
1: What got you interested in weightlifting? I don't remember a time where I wasn't interested in getting strong. I remember when I was like three years old, my mother and father having me do tasks around the house, telling me that it would build muscles. So I've always been intrigued with strength. I always wanted to be strong. And I also wanted to be the best in the world at something. It was just, I didn't want to, I didn't want to have people say, oh, you're the best in the world. I wanted it to be definitive that I was the best in the world at something. And, uh, I started lifting weights when I was 14 years old, when my mom and dad bought me a weight set. And uh, that journey just continued. And I kept asking God, God, come on, you don't you want me to be really good at something else? And he says, no, I want you to be good at the bench press. And I'm like, but God, I, I'm not very good at the bench press. You know, I'm, I put in uh, <laughs> 10 years of bench pressing, and I went to the uh, national champion, the first drug-free nationals in 19... 19- 83 and i benched 341 pounds after college and i mean i worked hard i i did 600 push-ups a day in the ninth grade you know it it wasn't like a lack of effort i just i wasn't gifted at it and all these over the years i kept going god come on what about this don't don't, wouldn't you want me to pursue this (laughs) no no the bench press and i'm like but i'm not very good at it no I want you to be a bench presser. And I'm like, oh, come on. You know, in the world of athletics, the bench press isn't considered the most athletic, you know, event in the world. So, you know, I, I don't really have a lot of respect for it as far as athleticism. But, you know, God continued and and it wasn't until I turned 60 that all of a sudden I realized, holy smokes, I got a chance to put up the biggest bench of all time. And uh it was, it, it was, it, I was dragging at that point in time. I mean, I was, my body was exhausted, uh, but I, I kept and, and I had everybody in the world telling me to stop. Everybody telling me, you know, you've done what you can do. You're not going to get any better. You're 60 some years old. Just stop. And I'm going, no, God called me to do this. I'm going to go till it's time to finish. And it was an incredible journey. You know, the record's going to get broke. It's already been broken. But you know what? Nobody is ever going to take away the 50-year journey that I went through to get to that place and the transformation that Christ took me through during those 50 years. It's been, a, it's been an incredible journey. And I thank God for that. And now, my the key, what I want to do is I want to be able to uh, communicate that to other people. People that may not want to be a bench presser, that may not want to lift weights, but can, but I can help share insights with them on what I've learned in my walk with Christ, because the Bible says clearly, bodily exercise profits little, and I absolutely agree. But if I take and just stop at bodily exercise, that's what's going to happen. But if I understand that, that there's transformations that are going to occur in my life, you know, 300 pounds is 300 pounds today. It's 300 pounds tomorrow. 300 pounds never changes. So if I go in there to lift 300 pounds and I miss it, then I'm the one who has to look at myself in the mirror and go, what What has to change? What has to get better? And I come back two, three weeks later and I get it. What changed? I, I did. The 300 pounds didn't change. What's the consistent variable in my life spiritually? It's Christ not me, certainly not me. I'm the most inconsistent variable there is. So I have this this weight that I can use to help me hold myself accountable to become the man of God that he's called me to be. So weightlifting has been an incredible asset in my life, not just physically, but spiritually, you know, to help me get through hard times. I have had bad days, I tell people I've had a bad decade from age 49 to 59. I had a really bad decade. I just thought I was getting too old, but you know, you learn how to come and get out of those hard, those hard zones and hard places where you struggled and you learn how to become victorious in spite of the hard times. And you, you look back and you realize, man, those beautiful times, those are beautiful things that I went through to get to where I would wanted to be the goal is not the objective the goal is just used to help us get to where we want to go the goal is so empty when you get there if that's your only objective is to get to that goal it's so empty it's the journey it's the process that's where the gold is that's where everything that we strive for it should be important
0: well that's a that's an amazing uh testimony and story, a uh, pretty good uh, investment that, that, that your parents made in that first set of weights uh, <laughs> yes. and what it, allowed you, what it allowed you to become um, besides uh, a world record holder. You know, you've kind of touched on some of this already, but uh, I want to ask you specifically, uh, obviously to say that you've had success competing in, in the world of weightlifting would be an understatement, but what, what's been your secret to be able to compete and, and accomplish these incredible feats um, you know, what, what do you diff, do different than others?
1: Well, one, I, I'm, I'm, my mother would tell you that I'm the most determined individual that you've ever met. Uh, I, I, I do not, I'm one, I'm not afraid to fail. I have no fear of failure. Uh, I know I'm going to fail, so I'm not afraid to fail. So I'm willing to step up there and compete. Uh, i am determined I'm, I work hard. I, uh, I'm not afraid of hard work. Uh, but at the same point in time, I'm patient. And I'm, I know that one, I'm never going to miss a workout. And two is I'm going to stay within the parameters that are going to allow me to not over stretch myself, to allow myself to get out of the zone of what I'm capable of doing so that allows my body to grow. And I'm not going and taking a risk and in getting injured. If, if, as long as I'm not injured, I don't care how old you get, you can do some amazing things. And I uh, I think that I've proven it that uh, just staying healthy. I've never had a major in- injury in my upper body ever. That's so amazing
0: for, for as much lifting as you've done to not have that. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. And it's just, uh, it's just been a, a patient you know, I've always said, inch by inch, it's a cinch, yard by yard, it's hard. And my whole process has been the fact that I, I'm going to keep moving forward. It might be by a little tiny inch at a time, but after a year, I'm going to look back and I'm going to go, whoa, hey, I'm a lot further along than I was a year ago. And that's the process. It's in learning how to do that in our lives is, is so important in understanding that, yeah, we all wanna make those big gains. We all wanna make those big giant jumps. Of course we do, but it's it's in that improvement that our joy should be taken because it's that small little step that changes who you are. And it's it, when it's small increments, it's more permanent than it is if it's big giant jumps. Sometimes those big giant jumps are superficial.
0: That, that's a really, that's a great point. Uh, that last, that, that's a great point about the, the incremental has is, is, is got a lot more stickiness than the others. Well, you you set a world record at 62. You're now 63. Have you oh, got 62. something else? Huh? I'm still 62. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to age you. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: well, Bill, you've, you've set the, the world record.
1: What do you got next in your sights? Well, I've decided that I'm going to go and I'm just trying to trim up and looked the part. I've I've already lost 40 pounds. Uh, my clothes have had to buy all new clothes. Um and uh I've just enjoyed this time of uh spending time with my family. Um it's been uh it's been a great opportunity because I I was pushing myself so hard for that record, you know? Um you know, when I realized at 60 that I had a shot at it, uh, it was all in. You know, uh, I, I knew that it wasn't supposed to be able to happen at 60, 61, 62 years old. Um, but I knew I had a chance at it. And um, I had a lot of people, doctors, family, friends who told me I couldn't do it. They told me to stop. Uh, I have a severe, uh, problem with my legs, restless leg, uh, that I've seen seven different doctors for, uh, I don't mean, I just have a twitch. I, I like, I go in convulsions during the day. It was that bad. And fortunately I saw a doctor recently that helped me get control of it. But, um, you know, just all these things between, uh, carrying all the extra body weight that I knew that this journey was going to have to come to an end Uh, at 62. You know, you just, at some point in time, you realize there's just, how are you going to get better? You know, you're competing against these guys that are 30. They could get a lot better. You at 62, you're not going to get a lot better. So I told my wife going into my last meet, January 22nd, I said, this is it. I'm going to retire. I explained to her why, about getting spotters and just the way she knew how well how, how beat up my body was. And she said, well, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. And I said, all right, I, I understand. So I go into the last meet. And as I'm driving to the meet, I, uh, it's snowing. It's dark. I just visited with North Carolina State uh, strength coaches. And I'm going down the freeway, and all of a sudden, there's an aluminum ladder that somebody hadn't secured in the back of their truck, and I hit that ladder. blew Blew out my front tire. And I pulled over in the dark. Only light I had was on my phone. And every inch of that process of changing that tire was gruesome. I right. it was it was so hard to the point where I got the lug. Well, I had 800 pounds of weights in the back of the truck because of where I had to pull it over. I couldn't put the jack where it was supposed to be, it was improvised in a different spot, so it wasn't real secure. And when I put the uh, I pulled the jack up, loosened up the lug nuts, the tire was seized to the rim, it wouldn't come off. And I'm spending <laughs> Tons of time trying to get this stupid tire. Praying to God, help me get this tire off. After three and a half hours, I finally got the tire to break loose, and I put a new tire on there. I I couldn't hardly even move my arms. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, "You're going to try to bench 1,100 pounds tomorrow at 62. You can hardly move your arms. You're exhausted. There's no way you're going to be able to do this." And I remember a strength coach speaking, uh, him and I spoke at the Redskins clinic one time, and he said, hey, don't ever expect for you to be able to perform and uh, to be a a perfect situation. You're going to have to perform at an optimal level in adverse situations. And I thought to myself, well, here we go. This is my opportunity. It's going to be adverse. It's going to be, it's not ideal. I had been sick as a dog for two weeks before that my eyes were completely bloodshot red I had sinus infection stuff coming out of my face I said I had not had a good workout in three weeks I said well don't matter I still committed to this idea this is going to be my last meet so I go into the meet and the first attempt my right hamstring cramps up soon as your right leg gives you problems the bar goes to the left and 1,100 pounds, you don't pull it back, okay? It just, it, it's, it's over there. And if you try to lift it, you're going to get hurt. And so I just said, grab it. I brought it down halfway. I said, grab it. So I, I, I missed that one. The second attempt, I didn't get up on my back properly. I was what I what they call flat. I was flat when I tried to do it. It felt like a. I was going to say a half a ton, but it was more than half. Yeah, a ton,
0: that's right.
1: But, but uh. It it felt so heavy. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I just told him to grab it. So here I am. I had missed this world record 20 times in a row now. And I knew that I was going to make, I was going to keep this commitment that this was going to be my last attempt. And I said, God, I said, I want to thank you. I'm not going to ask for your help because you've already helped me in the journey. But I want to thank you for allowing me to do what I love to do for 50 years. 50 years. I've been able to train and compete at the highest level. And I think of the people at my age that were passing on. My younger brother passed away three years ago. And here I am. I'm competing to, for the all-time world record. I mean, how... how How ungrateful would I be if I didn't just thank God for that opportunity? I I wasn't concerned at all whether or not I set the record. I was content going into that last last attempt. I was content whether I made the lift or not. And I told God that. And I said, but if you got any tips, God, now's the time to help me out. (laughs) And uh, God said, Move your hands out an eighth of an inch. And I went, That's that's a good idea. And then I said, and then he said, try to bring the bar down slightly faster. And I went, Okay, God, listen, that bar is gonna come down the way it wants to come down. I'll I'll try, (laughs) but no promises. Got a mind of his own. Yeah, it, it takes three guys to lift the weight out for you, that kind of weight, and there's five guys spotting you in case something happens, because that much weight they can't just grab the bar and pick it up and they the three guys they picked the weight out and hand it to me and i'm i'm like okay it feels okay it feels heavy but feels okay i brought the weight down it touched my chest and the judge yelled press and that weight shot up so fast that it was it it, it startled me at the point to where when i locked it off the top i almost missed it because i went that was too easy. I was like, what just happened? And, uh, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I have, I have not put up a bench press that perfect of a technique in 10 years. And I swear God reached down there, grabbed that bar and picked it up. I swear to you. Uh, it wasn't me. It, it was, it was, it was, a, tr- it was truly just, a blessing from God and the judge head judge knew because it was the the all time I'm talking about all time world record not just drug free uh all the guys any age any weight anywhere all time of all centuries that was the most weight that ever had been bench pressed so he made sure that I, he he made me hold it at the top a little extra long just to make sure There was no argument about it. And I went, I just held it. I'm like, I got this all day wrong. (laughs) And when he said, "Rack," you know, you're supposed to get at least two out of three white lights for it to be official for it to count. I didn't even look. I knew, I knew, I knew that lift was good. And I jumped up. And what was funny was my buddies all were celebrating. You just broke the all time world record. And what was coming out of my mouth, but it's about the 50 year journey. It's all about the journey. I couldn't get that out of my head. I was so focused on the 50 year journey and being so thankful for it that I couldn't even get it in my head that I just broke the world record. And, (laughs) but finally I did. And what really meant a lot to me was when I called my wife and I told her and she started crying she knew how much you about, I,
0: got, you about got me you about got me crying over
1: here <laughs> she knew how much I invested my life to get to that goal so then I called my son and my son and I have been the world's strongest father son for about 20 years and uh I thought I was gonna be a jerk about it and I said oh Cameron I I missed the first one really bad I missed the second one really bad. And he goes, oh, dad, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry to hear you had a bad day. I said, yeah, but on the third one, I got it. And he was like, no. And he started crying and we started celebrating together. And uh, so then I called my daughter who's in Dallas and she just had a baby. And uh, I called her and she said, I told her and she started crying. And I realized how much my family had seen me suffer and given up on my life to reach this goal, that it was not something that was passive. It wasn't just I was working out. It wasn't like I would just try. It was, it was biblical when it said, give yourself, present your body a living sacrifice. It was everything I had. I wouldn't go bullying. I wouldn't do things for decades I haven't done things that everybody else gets to enjoy because I was called to to set that record at the time. I didn't know I was called to set the record. I was just called the bench press, but I knew God wanted me to do something extraordinary. And the journey has been priceless to me. And I'm so thankful for what he did and what he's taught me over these 50 years.
0: Well, that, that is an amazing story. Um, Gosh, I wish we had an hour here. I, I, I do want to have one other question for you before we have to go, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna start negotiating to get you back because uh, I got a lot of other questions I'd like to ask you. But you've you've served as a strength and conditioning coach both at the college level and the professional level. Is there is there a difference between the two how they approach things and the players?
1: Massive difference. One is in the the professional level. They're not coming to practice. They're going to work. They tell, they tell their families they're not going to practice. Their daddy's going to work. And the second thing is, and this is really, really important for young athletes to hear this, the difference between college, major college, small college athletes is their willingness to compete. A NFL football player, they don't, they don't just love it. They have to compete. They have to, it's who they are. There wasn't a day in that weight room where $200 wasn't bet on something. I'll bet you $200. You can't do that. And they loved it. They loved it. That's it's what it is. They thrived on it. And what, I, when I see young athletes who are afraid to compete, who are afraid to fail, I tell them, make sure you go to class because you're not going to play in the NFL. And I'm like, well, I'm really talented. I'm really fast. I don't care. I seen talent, I saw fast, and they didn't make it because they don't have the competitive drive. You've got to have the competitive drive if you want to reach the top.
0: Well, that's quite an observation. I mean, you talk about, you know, the coaches talk about competition all the time, but uh, there is a difference in someone who lives to compete and someone who has to compete. And uh, you're, you're talking about those that just live on it. Yep. Bill, well, Bill, listen, I, I can't tell you what a pleasure and a privilege it was to have you with us today and to share your amazing story. And after listening to you today, I don't know whether I, I want to go take a nap because I'm exhausted or run to the gym because of your inspiration. Uh, but it's just thank you so much. And I, I'm going to start getting back with you because I want to have you back as a future guest because we get a lot more to talk about. But thanks so much for being with us.
1: Thank you so much. It's been truly an honor. And I just hope that whatever God has done in my life, I'm able to honor him with, uh, with the journey that I've been through.
0: Well, you certainly have. Well, as we wrap up again, uh, I just want to uh, once again encourage each of you now to make it your goal this week to be a positive influence in the lives of others. And I look forward to having you back with us next week.
2: Hey, before you go, we wanted to let you know about Jack's book called The Question, a guide to answering life's most important question. In this book, Jack shares his personal journey that began in 1993 to determine the values, principles, and beliefs that would guide his life. Whether you are a spouse, parent, grandparent, friend, leader, educator, coach, or mentor, Jat's I Believe statements apply to all the roles he has played during his lifetime and can do the same for you. Jat's message applies to all people, ages, and careers. It's an easy read with compelling stories, enjoyable humor, and sincere transparency. The question is now available in ebook and paperback exclusively on Amazon. Go to jackwwilliamscom thequestion the question to learn more and buy your copy today. Again, thanks for joining us for this episode and join us next week for an all-new episode of Knowledge Cast by Ideals.